Hi, guys, and welcome to the Healthified Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah McLaughlin, holistic health coach, writer, and wellness entrepreneur who has for over 15 years delved deeply into my passions of nutrition and health. Before we get started, this episode of Healthified is brought to you by Gratified, a natural foods company I launched in order to make a more impactful change in the packaged food space. We now have two Empower Bar Baking mixes, which come in both original and cacao, and provide you the ability to make your own healthy nutrition bars at home. It's super easy and convenient with minimal ingredients. Ditch the traditional bars on the market that are loaded with sugar, unhealthy fats, and other inflammatory ingredients. Take back control of your health and blood sugar with our Empower Bar Baking Mix. And all of our products are made with real food ingredients and blood sugar balance in mind. For a discount off of our products, visit gratisfied.com and use the promo code HEALTHIFIED at checkout. Today's guest is Christine McMichael, owner of the healthy recipe website Jar of Lemons. As a working mom of two boys, she understands how busy life can be and the very real challenge of getting something nutritious on the table quickly. She started Jar of Lemons as a solution for her own family, creating recipes that could be made quickly with easy to find ingredients, but didn't sacrifice in flavor or creativity. From comforting dinners that can be made in 30 minutes or less to healthier takes on classic favorites, Jar of Lemons is here to help with refreshing, inspired recipes. And in this conversation, we discuss the steps she took to teach herself how to cook and the positive impact home-cooked meals have had on her health, the upgrades she turns to when making recipes healthier, and where she gets her inspiration her advice for meal planning and prep and cooking for your family, navigating the social media world, especially when it comes to food and comparison, motherhood and self-care, how it can be less about what you, you do and more about your set around it. Let's head to our chat. Hi, Christine. Hi. I am so excited to connect with you and have this conversation. Thanks so much for coming on the Healthified podcast. Yes. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah. So for those of you listening, this is Christine McMichael. She is the owner of Jar of Lemons, a healthy recipe website and community focused on quick and easy, wholesome meals that the entire family will love. And I can personally attest because I've made stuff from her website and it's amazing. So I'm very excited to dive in and learn a little bit more about you and your story. So with that quick intro, can you just kick us off and tell us a little bit more about how you got to where you are? Yeah. So, um, it's been a journey. <laughs> I started jar of lemons seven years ago. Um, it feels so much longer than that and so much shorter at the same time, which is crazy. Um, but yeah, so I started as I had just gotten married. Um, I was looking to start actually cooking because I had never really cooked before that. Um, mm. I've always been kind of interested in healthier eating. Um, it's definitely not the way I grew up. So it was, it was just like this totally unknown world to me. Um, and so, yeah, so I just kind of blindly started (laughs) and it was more, um, like documenting what I was making for my husband and I, um, leading up to starting drive lemons, I was pretty much living on like lean cuisines and, like cereal for dinner, like very, what I thought was healthy at the time was, and it was so, so not, Mm -hmm. um, just, you know, single life doing my own thing. And then once we got married, it was like, so what are we going to have for dinner? (laughs) And it was like, oh man, 
I need to learn how to cook. So, um, yeah, so I started cooking, documenting all of that and posting it on jar of lemons. And it has definitely evolved since then. Um, I'm a mom of two, so now I'm cooking for a family and that has been a game changer as well. Um, so yeah, that's kind of been my story of how we started and, and grew to this point. Um, so it's been really fun. Yeah. And I mean, you would never know your humble roots because, you know, you peruse your website and you're like, oh my gosh, this girl has probably been cooking since she was a child. (laughs) Um, so I think I would love for you to dive into that a little bit more because if someone's listening and they also want to have their hand at healthier cooking or just doesn't cook at all and wants to get a little bit more comfortable in the kitchen, like where did you start when you were like, Oh gosh, I got to start cooking. And how did you get over that initial intimidation? Yeah. I, I mean, I think I started really simple, like meat and vegetables, you know, like just really, really simple. Um, I, I really did not know what I was doing at all. Um, I, I think I really never like followed recipes. And, and I think that's part of also why I started Jar of Lemons is because I've never been like a recipe follower. I've always just been like, I want to create something new. Um, so, you know, starting out, it, I could do like the very, very, very basic things, like maybe cook some chicken on a skillet, you know, or put it in the oven and bake it. And, um, I think just with experimentation, really, it has changed over time. Um, Definitely now, of course, just years of trying different things, you learn a lot. Like there were many fails at the beginning. Um, Some of them were even posted and taken down later. Um, (laughs) You should have kept them up. (laughs) Some of them might still be there. Like if you dig far enough, you may be able to find some of those first failures. But um, yeah, it's it's been just a slow journey over time. I can't say there was ever this like aha moment. I think Mm -hmm. it's it's been like playing with different flavorings and and different seasonings, um, trying just different things, and also learning with like feedback from my audience has been amazing. I feel like we're, we're like on a journey together because, um, they definitely communicate back if like something isn't right. And that's been such a good, like learning experience for me. Yeah, that's really important. And I want to get into that a little bit later about how you kind of walk that fine line between, you know, sharing what you authentically make and also responding to what your audience wants. But you know, speaking of just kind of starting small and simple and navigating those failures, like people might get a big kick out of this. I mean, I remember when I was first learning to cook, I, it was the summer after my freshman year of college and my friends and I were living in an apartment for the very first time. And we're like, gosh, you know, if we want to eat, we got to learn how to cook. (laughs) And my friend's mom sent us down there with like a big bag of like frozen chicken breasts. And I kid you (laughs) not, we took the chicken breast out of the frozen bag and put it directly onto a hot skillet. And I later told um, my brother that who was like in culinary school at the time, that is so bad for you. (laughs) And so, I mean, if I can, um, you know, toot my own horn as a really good cook now, (laughs) anyone can do it. Yeah. But yeah. And I think, you know, the same thing goes with 
following a recipe, like I think that kind of becomes a hurdle because people get really intimidated of if they don't have the right amount of spice or they don't have exactly like what the recipe calls for on hand, they just like chalk it up to like, they're not going to do it. But I think just to, I love the word you said, like play around with it and knowing that you don't have to exactly adhere to something that's like on the internet or in a book, you can kind of tweak and experiment, um, can kind of help people understand that it doesn't have to be an exact science. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely how I learned and am still learning. Yeah. So did you notice a difference in, um, your health and your energy when you kind of shifted to more like home cooked versus, you know, those frozen meals and cereal, because same, I would live (laughs) off of like those Amy's, um, frozen dinners too, but did you notice a difference (laughs) with the home cooking shift? Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, just like the sodium level alone makes such a difference in your nutrition, but, um, also just more energy. I, um, I also, I think I started when I first started cooking, I thought like healthy eating means in my mind, I thought no carbs for some reason that was Mm -hmm. like what I thought. And so I, I was cooking like chicken and vegetables every single night for dinner. And I ended up actually getting kind of sick after like a month of that. Um, And basically I was told I'm eating too much protein, not enough carbs. And um, I didn't know, I had no idea Mm. that that was like, I was just so lost about everything. Um, So I, I've definitely learned how to balance that. And growing up, um, basically I only ate carbs growing up. Uh So I, it was such a shift from what I had been used to eating to then what I was eating to now what I'm eating, which definitely feels more balanced. Yeah. And so, um, what, how would you kind of describe your nutritional philosophy, your healthy cooking philosophy today? Uh, definitely balance, which I don't love that word because it it feels very loose. But I think that's kind of the whole point. It's completely different for everyone. Um, I I do try to balance meals with like a carb and a protein and, you know, vegetables and fats and all of that. Um, But also I'm not going to like kill myself to do it perfectly. And I think there are are days where like I, I have some iron issues And so like once a week, I'm like, I need a hamburger like Mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. And, and I really feel like it's my body, like needing iron or something. Um, but then there's other days where I'm like, I think we're going to do vegetarian tonight just because it feels right. And, um, I definitely am a big believer in like listening to your body and being in tune with like what it needs. Yeah. And I think that right there, it's so key, but it's also the missing piece for a lot of people because as a society in general, I do think that there is a disconnect between our mind and our body. And a lot of people just aren't connected to their body. And it's such a practice. Um, and so many people live in their minds and, you know, whether you have like body image issues or trauma or whatever, like there is an, a dissociation with the body or people just, when they hear that phrase, don't really know, what to listen or look out for. So, you know, I think that that's a really good example. Like when you found 
like you weren't eating enough carbs, like what were some of the signs and symptoms that you noticed that you were like, okay, this might not be right. Yeah. I mean, definitely like super low energy. Um, I was like nauseated a lot randomly, like for no reason. Um, just didn't feel good. Like that's the Mm -hmm. best way I can describe it. Yeah. And, um, there were just like red flags. Exactly. And I always say kind of, there's the ways that your body communicate with you and digestion, mood, energy, are some of the big ones. It can also be your skin. It can also be your sleep, like same kind of experience with the low carbs. I mean, I think years ago I was kind of playing around with the, um, paleo, but like more into keto. And I was like waking up at three and four in the morning every single night. And I realized that like, okay, so carbohydrates, um, lead to serotonin production, which is a precursor to melatonin, Mm -hmm. which is your sleep hormone. So it's like one of those things where I probably wouldn't have made the connection. Um, you know, it could have just been like chalked up to pure anxiety or whatever, but, um, but knowing that like sleep is a big communicator, it was, it allowed me to kind of get a little bit more curious without judging myself to be like, okay, what's going on here? Like maybe carbs at night, um, would be a really good thing to add in. And it completely shifted everything for me. So, um, just knowing how to listen to those little cues in those different areas can be a game changer. I think. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. So you know, being so in kind of the food world, especially when it comes to blogging, the internet and social media, like, do you ever find that you have, or even currently still are kind of like overwhelmed by information or, um, play the comparison game or get like fall into kind of like the diet trap stuff that's out there? Or are you pretty good with just staying true to yourself and staying the course? Um, I would love to say that I'm good at staying true to myself, (laughs) but realistically, yes, a hundred percent. Like I am human, just like all of us. And I do, I do like see stuff then. And I'm like, it makes me doubt myself of like, oh, I, maybe I should do more vegetarian stuff or Mm -hmm. maybe I should feel like more gluten-free or whatever, like different. There are so many diets and like hard like this is the only way to healthy eating. And that, that really drives me crazy because I, I don't, as a person, like I cannot function that way. I've tried, I've tried probably every diet in the world over. Like I, I went through a season in college where it, I was, I think I was very unhealthy and I thought I was being healthy, trying different like diets and stuff. And like nothing worked, nothing made me feel good because it wasn't balanced. Mm -hmm. So I I do think like I'm, as I'm growing in this journey, like I'm learning to just stay true to that, but it is definitely hard, especially in the world of social media, when there are so many like hard diets of like, you only eat this way and this is going to fix all of your problems. And really you just have to listen to your body. Yes, exactly. Um, and I mean, there's nothing wrong with kind of like experimenting or playing around or just like being curious about a certain way of eating, or if the way that you're currently eating, you're noticing those signs and signals of this isn't working for me. So let me try this instead. You know, like I have, um, a gratified customer actually, who told me that she 
had made the shift to um, like complete keto and she's never felt better. And I'm like, really? You know, and that, yeah. And I was That's like, crazy. well, that just goes to show like bio-individuality, like it just isn't yes. going to work for everybody. And like you said, to your point of when you had that experience in college, like you really have to pull in the mental and emotional side of things and like living life. Like for example, you know, I primarily would say I eat, um, gluten-free and my mother-in-law's birthday is tonight. And she's just like, I don't really want to cook. I just want everyone to enjoy themselves. I'm going to order pizza in the past. Like that would have given me a lot of anxiety because I would have been Mm. like, Oh my gosh, now I have to bring my own dinner. And then I have to stand out like a sore thumb because I'm literally bringing my own dinner to a pizza party. And I was like, and I keep going back and I've talked about this on the podcast before I keep going back to that experience I had in Europe where I was eating all the gluten, all the dairy, drinking all the wine. I've never felt better. (laughs) And I do think it's kind of your emotional experience and your expectations that you would bring to a situation so that you can actually navigate and go into, you know, family gatherings, social circumstances without that anxiety. And you're going to metabolize and digest a little bit more efficiently. Mm, That's so true. I did not even think about that. Yeah. And I do a lot of research on that and that's a whole other conversation for another day. But, um, you know, I think you keep saying this word balance and like lifestyle, because I do think that there is like people try and like restrict and eat a certain way in order to feel like in control or, um, feel good about themselves. But if that's, if it's not physically getting you where you want, and it's not emotionally getting where you want, then you have to kind of like tweak and edit and be like, okay, let me try something else. Right. Yes, totally. Um, so, you know, you are a mom of two. Um, I have a 15 month old and like you, I love blogging and recipe creating and writing and photographing and all that stuff. But I am just so impressed by the fact, cause it's like one thing to meal plan and prep and cook amazing things, but then it's another thing to like write, photograph and blog about it. So yeah. I'm <laughs> so curious to kind of hear how you made that transition into motherhood and you maintained your passionate pursuit. Oh man. Yeah. That's, that's a big one. <laughs> um, it, it is hard. I, as you know, like it is hard as a mom to balance work and motherhood and all the things. But um, we, as far as like meal prep and all of that goes, I, for the most part, like when I make a recipe for the blog, that is our dinner usually or whatever. Um, Thankfully, my family is really great with leftovers. So that helps a lot um, because I usually shoot at like 10 in the morning, like take photos of my recipe and which is like an awkward time for a dinner recipe. Um, So then I typically just like refrigerate the whole thing and then reheat it for dinner. Mm -hmm. Not ideal, but it's just kind of what we have to do. I'm also like really crazy about not wasting food. Yeah. Um, To the point where sometimes my husband's like, this is not a meal. Like we're just eating like <laughs> random, the most random leftover. Oh my gosh. I've been <laughs> there. Yeah. <laughs> it's so bad. Like I'm trying to help myself with that a little bit, but anyway. Um, and then also my, one of my kids has really bad food allergies. 
So that is also a challenge with meal prep because he cannot always have what we are eating mm-hmm. um, as far as like leftovers go. So all that to say, I typically have a bag of organic chicken nuggets in my freezer. Same. <laughs> and some Good to quick know. frozen veggies. Yes. And I try to keep that stuff on hand um, because if we're in a bind or if, if we can eat the meal and he can't, I just pop that stuff in the microwave real quick. And that is our dinner. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. That's so good to hear because I mean, I was telling a friend a couple of weeks ago and, uh, Mason right now, he's almost 15 months. And when he was on purees and stuff, he would literally eat anything at the end of a spoon. And yeah. then it got to the point where he was like doing the finger foods. And I think he just had a major texture aversion for like months oh, man. and he would only er- eat certain things. So one night I told my friend, I was like, he literally had a pouch and a piece of bacon. <laughs> and, and she was like, Oh my gosh. Like, I thought you would be cooking him all these like gourmet things. And I was like, well, me too, but I had to let go of that real fast when like, yeah. reality hit. And I think so many moms put this pressure on themselves, Yes, um, especially what you see on social media and like Pinterest and it, that's just not real life. And I mean, I actually was asking myself yesterday and I was like, is it bad that I'm literally feeding Mason grilled cheese every single night? And I was like, <laughs> well, I, you know, this isn't going to be the way that it is for the rest of his life. He will learn to like other foods, but for right now, this is what I've got to do. And right, right. When, when you can have kind of, when you can have compassion for yourself and like understanding, and I just think that you've got to talk yourself through it when it comes to feeding your family, because, you know, I've noticed those shifts where it was just me. And then I got married and then I had to learn how to like navigate that for two people. And then now you bring kids into the mix and it's like, I could spend my whole time meal planning and grocery shopping and cooking and I've got a full-time job. So it's, it's, it's so hard, but, um, I am curious though, just kind of on the flow of your day, you photograph at 10, like when are you doing your cooking? This is kind of a selfish um, question, but I just, <laughs> I'm so curious. Well, okay. So 10 is a loose time. Maybe it's closer to like 11, 1130. Like mm-hmm. I typically start, um, around like nine, which is okay. it's so hard to cook dinner at nine in the morning, you know? Yeah. And a lot mm-hmm. of my stuff is dinner recipes. So, um, but my lighting through my window is just best at around like 1130 or noon. So Mm -hmm. I try to like hit that time to shoot the recipe. And then, um, usually by then I'm like too hungry to even wait for the meal to eat it for lunch. So I usually just eat like whatever random stuff I can find in my fridge for lunch. And then I'll like pack that meal up and save it for dinner. Um, So that's typical, but I don't, I don't shoot recipes every day. It's okay. Like maybe like two days a week. Got it. Yeah. Cause every day that can just, and kind of tapping into that food waste thing. Same. Yeah. Um, I can imagine that would be overwhelming. So where do you get your recipe inspiration from? Are you kind of like getting it from other things you see online? Are you, um, is it just stuff that pops into your head? Like, I'm so curious about that. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I, That's a hard question. I am not totally sure where it comes from. I think just kind of life, like eating out, going to restaurants, 
Um, if I find something that I like, I'll try to make like my own version of that. Um, maybe like a more like kid-friendly version or family-friendly version. Um, traveling, like we don't travel much anymore, but when we did, um, just food from traveling and, and different places. And then I, one thing that I guess would really, I would say really inspires me is um, just really like classic recipes um, mm-hmm. kind of the stuff we all grew up on. Although, um, I was raised, my family, I'm half Nicaraguan. So oh, cool. I was actually raised on beans and rice like every day. Um, so I didn't mm-hmm. really and like, plantains. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. They're my favorite food. I'm oh like, yeah. That, that is like my whole upbringing. <laughs> oh my God. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, and I, I actually went through a phase where I was like, I never want beans and rice again. Um, but now I have embraced it again because it's just part of who I am. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really grow up on like, um, I, I grew up in the South, but I didn't grow up on Southern food because of that. So um, I'm, I've always been like really intrigued with like Southern cooking. Um, I just made a chicken pot pie the other day and I was like, this is so good. And I had only had Yum. like a few in my life, like my whole life. Um so things like that, but like made healthier, especially like comfort food. I, that's just like what I love and my kids love it too. So that's typically yeah. where the inspiration comes from. So when you say you make something healthier, what are kind of like your go-to upgrades, if you will? And I love that because it just kind of embodies the healthified mindset. It's not just about like this swing to the end of the spectrum. It's just like, where can you upgrade? So what are some of the things that ingredients you use to make something healthier? Well, something that is an easy swap or or upgrade with um, like Southern or comfort cooking is there typically isn't a lot of fresh vegetables in those mm, recipes. Yes. You're so and good. I feel like it is not that hard to just add in some like chopped carrots or mushrooms. Um, I just try to add in veggies where I can. I mm-hmm. also have, I've never been like the kind of person that just loves vegetables. Um, so I like to create recipes where they're kind of hidden and you can't really tell that they're there, which is also amazing for kids. Um, so it kind of works out for like my whole family. Yeah. But that's typically my go-to is like, how can I add more veggies? Um, I made some enchiladas that were vegetarian and they are just like loaded with vegetables, but you would never even know because there's like a cream sauce and cheese. And like, you just wouldn't be able to tell that there are all these like nutritious vegetables in there. Um, so that's, that's kind of my go-to. And then if, if there's like heavy cream or something like that, I, this is debatable. Some people think this is crazy, but I often swap out plain yogurt for heavy cream, Mm. um, because it has more protein and it's just better in general. And you cannot even tell typically, um, unless maybe you make it wrong or something. Yeah. (laughs) Or if you like put it in a soup cold, then it's not going to go well. You have to mix it with like warm water first and then like put it in the soup so that it's, it's has like that creamy texture. Um, but that's typically my go-to for that. And then I typically, I, I, I like to keep cheese on certain comfort foods, but I just use less. Yeah. 
No, that's awesome. And I think like bringing it back full circle to like kind of the overwhelming amount of information and different diets out there, you know, and I've said this before, it's like the one common thread throughout all of them. And something that can't be argued against is the fact that everyone should be eating more vegetables. Um, and so I think like incorporating as many plants as you can, um, and you're so right with the Southern cooking, I definitely grew up with Southern cooking and it's, and processed packaged foods. And so you'll see like a lot of, like, it's just white Brown foods, very void of color. And so, (laughs) yeah. So if you can add more color, it's, you know, you're always a step ahead. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, I mean, it's very clear kind of like, recipe creating and cooking in this way is your art. So it's like very easy for you to kind of get inspiration, but for someone who, um, might have a more challenging time with it, what's your advice for kind of like meal planning prep, um, and cooking for, um, a busy lifestyle and family? Yeah. I, I often try to think of myself of like, okay, if I wasn't a food blogger, you know, how would I approach this? Because as a food blogger, I'm coming at it differently. Right. Um, but I always think like the, my, my biggest thing that I would love to say to busy women, but especially moms and new moms the most, like just have grace on yourself. Um, going back to like the meal prep thing and like, like pick one or two recipes that you want to make in the week. And if you can do leftovers, embrace it because that is truly like, I am like a leftovers queen. Like I love just having something totally ready to just heat up and have for dinner. Um, I know not everybody's like that though. And I would say like, always just have something on hand, um, like chicken nuggets and vegetables or whatever, like something healthier than maybe eating out or not that eating out is terrible either, but um, there's just less pressure on yourself is what I would say. Yeah. And totally agree. And I think that too, you can kind of like, if you can get to know the stories that you have around cooking and meal planning and prep and just question their truth, like here I am listening to you being like, yes, I need to get a little bit better about a reheating food and be leftovers in general, because it's one of those things. And that's not only like a barrier for me in cooking during the week, but also like in doing what I love, which is the recipe creating and the blogging and the writing about it. But then I'm like, Oh, but this would just taste so much better if I just made it fresh instead of like reheating it. And I'm like, well, what would happen if I dropped that thought? And then it's like, Mm. well, I would probably do more of what I love and not feel bad about it. And so I think that that's really key for people. It's like, okay, what are the stories that I have around meal planning and cooking in general? What can I drop? And if I dropped it, how would I then be able to like take a step closer to my goal or whatever it is? Yeah. Um, Because I do think that the mind gets so in the way of, and as a health coach, I just, I heard it all of the time because we all know that home cooking is healthier for you. Um, you know, unless you live in like New York and LA and you just have like an abundance of healthy establishments around you, but that's not really the case for everybody. Um, so I think it's just getting like really clear on what your barriers or your excuses are and then like talking yourself through them. Yeah. And I, I think also just like 
knowing what's right for you and your family, like, you know, yourself, you know, your habits, um, and kind of like what you're saying, like, what, what is that thought that's keeping me from being able to get dinner on the table quickly? Um, is it that I'm not planning? So maybe, maybe it means getting like a planner that you love and planning out your meals, um, or making a grocery list in advance. And that's something I have to do for my blog. Like there, there is no way if I, I write out like dinner every day, because, um, if I don't have it planned, like we will definitely be going out to eat or something like I won't have yeah. anything ready. So, um, I think it's different for everyone. Yes. Um, for sure. And I'm totally a big fan of, like, I got this whiteboard at Barnes and Nobles the other day that like, just has, it's like a smaller one. And then it just has like Sunday through Monday. And I was like, well, if I just stuck this up next to the refrigerator, it would really help me with my meal planning. And it has yeah. it's just until something becomes a habit. Um, right. It can feel a little bit more, it can feel like it just takes more energy, but then once it becomes a habit, obviously it becomes a little bit more automated. So yeah, taking, taking those little steps in order to reach your goals in whatever area, especially with, um, cooking and meal planning. Um, so speaking of like time savers and stuff, um, I saw some different on your website, like recipes for the air fryer and the instant pot. Um, so I would love to kind of talk about that again, kind of selfishly because I have both (laughs) and I'm a little intimidated by them still, but I'm like, I know that these two tools could probably help save some time. So do you use, um, your kitchen appliances like that often or, and then share us your secrets? (laughs) Oh, well, I will say I was, terrified of my instant pot when I got it. Like uh-huh. so scared. Oh, I didn't take mine out of the box for five minutes. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I <know>. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I was like, I get, I, what if it blows up? Like I was just so scared and my husband had to like, talk me through it. Like do the water test. It's going to be okay. So I did the water test and I survived. And so I was like, okay, I can go on to like the next step. And I think I made like maybe chicken or like rice or something pretty simple. Um, but now I use it all the time. I don't use my air fryer as much. Um, the instant, so I have the device I have is it's an instant pot, but it's also an air fryer, like two in one. I think it's called like the instant pot duo or something, which I love because it's all in one thing. So like less things to store. Um, but the shape of the air fryer is in that like basin shape for the instant pot. So I don't feel like we can put as much in there. And then Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know how it compares to like a standard air fryer. Um, also I, I don't know. I'm just not like huge on air fryer stuff. I like Mm -hmm. it for side dishes, but it's just not super my thing. The instant pot though, I do use a lot. Um, I, always use it for like chicken or whatever, like things like, like meats. Um, but I made an instant pot mushroom risotto that was so good. And it has become like one of my favorite side dishes. I do it all the time. It's so easy. It's so good. So yeah, that's, I do use it often. I, I go in and out of phases with it though. Like it, I use it more like in the colder months. Yeah. Um, And if it's not like out on my counter, sometimes I kind of forget about it and 
I'll just stick to like, you know, the oven or the stove. Um, but if it is out, I end up using it a lot. So it's kind of back and forth. <laughs> yes. That is my problem. And what kind of my husband and I would call reducing the friction, because I feel as if like, if you had like, let's say I had this goal of, I want to use my instant pot more, but it's literally up on the tip top counter that I have to like climb a ladder <laughs> to get. So it's that's friction, right? So if I reduce yeah. the friction, I would take it from the cabinet and put it on my countertop. But also my husband would kill me because if we have another <laughs> kitchen appliance on our right. countertop, um, so I, I never, I kind of like have trouble with that too. So it's just, um, but I feel like now we're entering the colder months. We're going into fall. Like we're going to want more warming foods. So maybe I'll just, you know, replace my Vitamix with my instant pot and see what happens. Right. See what happens. Yeah. That's pretty much how I live my life. It's like the, you know, like spring, summer appliances, and then like fall, winter appliances. Yes. Um, exactly. So, um, how would you say that you're blog and content and the message that you share has kind of evolved over the years or has it not? Um, it definitely, definitely it has evolved. Um, I think when I started like newly married and, and our culture was so different seven years ago, which is crazy to think about like Instagram was newish. Everything was just so different. Yeah. So I started, it started more as like a health and fitness journey. I, I had like workouts on there, which I loved. Um, and a lot of like single meal ideas or, you know, two serving ideas. Now it's like four to six servings. Like I'm definitely focused more on the family and, um, moms specifically just mm -hmm. helping them like get dinner on the table quickly, because that from what I hear, for all of us, that is like the biggest struggle is what do we eat for dinner? Um, yeah. and just this ongoing thing that, that is just so hard for us. Um, even for me who cooks all the time, right. I still struggle with that question often. So, um, that my, my focus has really shifted to like, okay, how can I help solve that problem? Um, I, I actually come from a math and science background. Um, so problem solving is, something I love to do. And so I am definitely working on that solution for my audience. I um, love that. Through recipes, but hoping to eventually do something more like a cookbook or something. I don't know what a meal plan or something. Yes, definitely. Um, and I want to hear a little bit more about that towards the end of our conversation, but I'd, I'm just curious, kind of what is your, um, most favorite part of what you do and now, and then what would be kind of your least favorite part? Hmm. That is a good question. <laughs> um, it changes. Like I go through phases where I really like photography because mm -hmm. it's really creative. Um, and then I go through phases where I'm like, Oh, I don't want to photograph anything. Like I just want to write or, um, I don't know. I would say my favorite part is like maybe when I actually get to share the recipe, like when it's done and I'm actually sharing it, it feels like I'm, I like created this thing and now I get to like put it out in the world. Um, I love like hearing the feedback on it, but I would say one of my like most favorite things 
is when somebody makes a recipe and then tells me about it, mm-hmm. it I just feel like this connection with that person of like, we did it. Like we went through it together and yeah, um, it's just really refreshing to know, like there's someone on the other side that is actually making the recipe and is a part of this story um, and experiencing this for the first time. And I don't know, there's something about that. Yeah. And I think that that just goes to show like the importance of, you know, what we do, if there wasn't that element of doing it for others or that sense of connection or community, it wouldn't feel as fulfilling. Um, and so I feel like through jar of lemons, you've just kind of created this community that you can connect to other people while also feeling like you're helping people. Um, and that just makes it all worth it. Yes, for sure. So you mentioned a math and science background. I'm you know, I would love to know, like maybe if you, if you weren't blogging, what do you think you would be doing? Um, well, I don't know that I would be doing that because (laughs) I did not stay in that field very long. Um, I actually went to school for engineering. Um, so it was a very, very different world. And I did that for a few years, um, worked in like the corporate world. And then that was all like before I met my husband And, but the whole time, like through college and, um, like even through that time, I always had this like thought of like, I want to write a cookbook or I want to do something in like the food and healthy eating world. And I just could not let it go. Um, Mm -hmm. so that's part of like the story behind jar of lemons, but also, um, if I wasn't blogging now, I would probably be still somehow be in this world. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and I'm also really passionate about, um, like small business owners. So I could see myself being like an investor or someone who just like coaches small business owners and helps them get their businesses off of the ground. I'm always so passionate when someone comes to me and they're like, I don't like the career I'm in and I really want to do something that I love, but I don't know what I love. Like help me figure it out. Like that is like my most favorite conversation. I'm like, okay, let's talk about all your hobbies. Let's see what we can like monetize. And it's just, I don't know. There's something about that world that makes me happy. Oh, same. And I think, you know, being an entrepreneur, especially in this space, um, and kind of having my hand in many different things. It's like one of my favorite aspects of just like, oh, like, what are the pieces of this puzzle that will fit in order to kind of like make something work? Um, but just like you, I love having this conversation with other people because I think, um, and I also talk about this on the podcast a lot, like really finding that life alignment, um, and stepping more into something that someone has more heart about or is passionate about, or even just wants to kind of like follow those whispers of interests like you did with getting into this world of like, you know, you kind of heard this whisper and then eventually it became a scream and you just kind of had to like leave the corporate world and do this more full time. Um, and this came up a lot, like people wouldn't think about it, but when I was health coaching, you know, I obviously see a lot of value in the physical side of health and wellness when it comes to nutrition and fitness and things like that. But I do think people don't, they underestimate the power of what it means to feel aligned in life, whether that's with your career or your relationships, um, or your spirituality or what have you. And when, you know, those aspects of life are out of balance, 
you know, you could eat all the kale and, you know, do all of the yoga that you want, but with that imbalance that exists, you're not going to feel holistically your best self. Right. Um, So I too love having those types of conversations with people. And, um, you know, I think it can be one of the greatest gifts to not only inspire others through direct contact of having those conversations, but when you yourself are living in your alignment, that indirectly inspires others to try and pursue something that they might feel more aligned in. Mm, That's Um, so true. And sometimes you don't know, right? Like unless someone writes you an email or DMs you on Instagram saying like, you've inspired me, which, you know, it happens, but it also doesn't happen. Like, right. you, don't, you don't, you don't know who's watching and is inspired by what you're doing. Um, just kind of by association. So, um, yeah. I bet, I bet you, you are inspiring others in that way with not just the healthy cooking side of things. Um, well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I always love hearing people's stories though, and how they got to where they are. And I also think like with what you said, it's, it's also about just like, what is sustainable for my life? Like realistically, if I can't do this job for the rest of my life, then what job can I do? Yeah. Um, and even for little things like meal prep and things like that, like what, if I can't cook every day, then how often can I cook? What is sustainable for the long run for our family? Um, so definitely I agree with all of that. Yes. And I think that's such an important point, like focusing on what you can do and what you can control versus like, you know, the lack mentality of like what you're not doing or you're not doing enough of, like, I think we, as humans kind of fall more into that latter camp, but if you could just make the shift to really focus and appreciate what you are doing and acknowledging yourself for doing enough, um, that's kind of where the magic happens. Yeah, for sure. So speaking of, um, I would like to shift gears a little bit to, you know, motherhood and self-care, um, because I think that this is a topic that, um, unfortunately doesn't get touted enough as important. Important. I mean, it's starting to, but also as mothers, we don't put as much, um, we don't give ourselves enough permission to yeah. practice self-care. So what are your thoughts on the matter? Um, what resistances do you kind of hear from your audience and what advice would you have for overcoming any barriers to self-care and what are your favorite forms? Okay. This is a tough one for me. Um, because I, I am new to this concept and I, you know, also new to motherhood a little bit, but I think it's really hard. It's just hard, especially for moms to really prioritize self-care and, and it can look so different for everyone. So I think that's the hard thing is like, not like, I don't like to get my hair done, but I know for some people it's like the most relaxing thing. For me, I'm just like, is this over yet? Like I'm ready to go home. Yes. (laughs) It's so like long and tedious. And I'm, but I know people who it's like truly their, that is like their self-care. I recently went through this um, where I'm, I'm not like a take a bath kind of person. Like I struggle with also just slowing down. I'm like a quick paced person. Um, so that, which is a whole other issue, but I recently realized like, I am really struggling to keep my house clean. Um, 
I work full time and I have two kids who destroy the house immediately after I clean it. And it's just impossible. Like I, I was really struggling with like, it should be this way, you know? Yeah. And sometimes I think a form of self-care can even just be like your mindset of like letting things go and being like, I am in a small kid season. Like it's okay if my house is dirty, you know? And yeah. And then also though, I did end up making the jump to hiring a house cleaner, which was for some reason, it was like so hard for me. I really struggled with that decision. Mm -hmm. Um, because I think I have this mindset of like, I can, I can do everything myself. Mm -hmm. And I, I just realistically, I can't. And then there's this mindset of like, well, I don't have to have that. Like, I don't have to have a clean house. I can just clean it here and there. But like that never happened. And it was just like this, like you said earlier, like friction of this ongoing, like cloud that was hanging over me of like, I need to clean the house. I need to clean the house, but I just don't have time. I need to work instead. And finally I just made the jump. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. And it was the company had like this, it was almost like a spa package for like having your house clean. <laughs> There's like, this is such an interesting way to market it because I never thought about, it's like going to get your nails done. Like, mm-hmm. I, and after they cleaned the house, I was like, it's so clean and refreshing. Like I feel so good. Even though my kids came home and like truly destroyed it in seconds, but it, for a second, it was really clean and nice. And I was like, I love this. Like, I should have done this a long time ago, but I was just, yes. there was just something in my mindset that was holding me back from like moving on. Um, and so to me, that was like a form of self-care. Like I don't have to have it. It costs money and I am choosing to do it anyway for like my mental health. Yes. And when you made that choice, I think this is so important for people to hear because that is one thing that you always hear is just like asking for help. And so many people have resistance, just asking for help, whatever that is for them, whether it's childcare or cleaning the house or getting a home organizer or, um, you know, who, who knows what, but I would be curious to hear, like when you made that choice, did you find that all of those stories that you were telling yourself that were creating the resistance fell away? Um, yes and no. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think like, I felt like, yeah, there's no, there's no way I could have done this. And I have such a like logical mind of, I don't know, like I, I had a hard time with like, I'm paying for someone to help me do something that I quote unquote should be Mm. able to do myself. Mm-hmm. And that, that was just hard for me. I don't know why I, I didn't think I struggled with that, but apparently I do. And, um, so I do think once that happened, it, it did feel like a relief of like, okay, like that, that wasn't as big of a deal as I made it in my mind, but also just from like the financial perspective, there's still like, my mind is just like going crazy of like, but I could be saving money if I did it myself. So I'm having to just let that go of like, yeah, the older you get, the more you take on, you cannot take, you cannot do everything. And it's just funny because in my business life, I have no issue like 
hiring people to do work for my business or um, paying for like a course or um, like an, I'm doing like an email marketing thing right now that costs, it's quite an investment and I have no issue with that. But in my personal life, for some mm. reason, I just like could not get over that hurdle. I, I'm still working through it as you can probably tell. Yeah. Um, it's still pretty fresh, <laughs> but it is an example of a form of self-care where I, I kind of just didn't want to do it, but I needed it for like my mindset. And, um, I feel like I can breathe now a little bit yeah. whereas before I couldn't. Um, and it was all just in my head, which is yeah. crazy. So, yeah, because the reality of the situation is, you know, I feel as if like, even just taking that leap to be able to do that, you're like, oh, yes, I can do it. But then you still have some of those lingering, um, stories going on around like the finances or what have you. So it's just, it's like a matter of acknowledging, don't judge yourself, just allow them to be there and then let them go. I think, yeah. that, I think when we kind of attach to things like that, like that's what can create the anxiety around them and make something more challenging than it actually has to be. Um, which, you know, I might be going off on a little tangent, you know, talking about hiring house cleaners, but it, I think it can be an example and an analogy for other things that people might be, um, making harder than it has to be for themselves. And especially in the realm of self-care. Yeah, for sure. And I also think, um, like the way you were brought up and your past can really influence those things too, of like, feeling like you don't deserve it. Um, and so that's, there's a lot that goes into self-care that I think we don't realize of, uh, I don't know, just prioritizing yourself at the right times. It's not selfish and, um, like it helps for like a better home environment and family environment. So I don't know. It's a tough one. That's a really tough one. Yeah. That's a really good point. I could, talk to you for another hour about that, but yeah, (laughs) kind of like analyzing your, you know, your upbringing or, um, you know, even the stories from your past about just the, the shoulds and the worthiness and the deservedness. Um, I mean, that's something I'm going right now in business is, you know, Mm -hmm. I kind of like vice versa to you. Like, um, I have no problem paying somebody to come clean my house you know, she's a wonderful woman. She's actually here right now. You might've heard the vacuum cleaner. I don't know. (laughs) Um, but deservedness and worth in business and being an entrepreneur is something like, Mm. I feel like I have to do a lot of unblocking with that. Um, and I do, and that's why I bring in like meditation and journaling and, you know, reading certain motivational things. Um, so yeah, it's just like, everyone has their thing, especially when it comes to the topic of worth and deservedness. And, um, and again, we could talk for another hour on it, but (laughs) it's, it's a good kind of, um, uh, trigger for people to kind of maybe start to look at some of the resistances that they have, whether that's in health or wellness or, um, money blocks or what have you, and then just sort of start to like analyze and get curious and figure out, um, you know, maybe what could be creating blocks and then taking the steps necessary to unblock it. Yeah, I agree for sure. Like it's, it's a challenge and it's a journey. So definitely not something that happens overnight. Right. No, takes, takes a lot of work. Um, so to respect your time, just a couple more questions. So I, I would want to know like mindfulness and stress reduction. Do you have any go-to techniques? 
Um, I, I go through different seasons of that. Um, yoga is typically pretty standard in my week, like Mm -hmm. at least once a week, sometimes twice a week for yoga. Um, I do like to work out something about exercise just makes me feel better. It gives me clarity. Um, we have a Peloton so that I love doing rides. The instructors are like super encouraging. There's Mm -hmm. even like, um, there's an anxiety ride on Peloton that like by the end, I, it felt like a counseling session, which it's not just for clarity, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like it. I was like, this is amazing. Um, so yeah, I those do are that the best, Those are the b- best types of um, exercise experiences. And I have that with one of my favorite yoga teachers. It's like, you go, yeah. you've like float out of there and you're being like, I just got like a, a therapy session. A <laughs> session. It's yes. Yes. I also love to get outside. Um, it's hard. We are in Oklahoma and it's like super hot right now still, uh-huh. even in September, which is crazy. Um, but I, when I can, I do love to go outside with the kids, maybe go for a walk, um, just talk to my husband. Like that helps me just have more clarity. Um, those are kind of my go-tos for that. Yeah. That sounds lovely. Um, so I know it's still hot here. It's about like in the nineties, I think going to reach 95 today, but I, I, but I wanted to ask you since there looked like so many delicious things in your website about your favorite pumpkin recipes, since we are supposed to be going into the fall. So what would be your, um, your favorite pumpkin recipes? Oh, I just truly love all things pumpkin. (laughs) I am like that girl. Um, so obviously like any type of pumpkin coffee situation, like that is always a win for me. Um, and then of course I always make like every year I try to make like pumpkin muffins. I have a weird obsession with pumpkin pie. So oh, same. it is so good. It, I know some people who are like, I hate the texture. I, oh my God, I eat it for obsessed. breakfast. Yes. Like I could <laughs> eat it forever. It's my favorite, but of course I try to save that for November. Um, so yeah, th- those are kind of my go-tos, but I saw that you had some pumpkin cheesecake bars on your site. Today. Yes. Um, those looked so good. Oh, they're so good. I ended up, um, giving most of it away when I went to a gathering at the bar studio where I teach, but I'll have to make it again and oh my gosh. send you, well, cause the recipe calls for gratified and power bar baking mix as the crust. And then our granola pumpkin spice, which I'll have to send oh, you some, cool. um, as the topping. And, um, so I'll get you, um, some bags of those things. Yeah. And then, yeah. The recipes on the site. Yeah. I was like, I need this to come out of the screen, like right now because in <laughs> the topping, I feel like takes it to another level. Like it looks oh, so for good. sure. Gives yeah. a nice little texture crunch. It's the best. Yes. <laughs> um, so only a couple more questions. Um, I love asking this one about the morning routine because I have a fascination with morning routines. So what, what, what is yours these days? And if <laughs> you don't have be, one, that's yeah. I was like, mine might be a little boring. I don't know. Um, typically, well, okay. Before we just moved about two months ago. So things changed in the move and we're still trying to get settled. And your um, kitchen is 
absolutely beautiful. I Thank saw it on your you. website. Oh, I was like, goodness. oh my God. Like my, I think I had like my palm to the screen being like, it's like my dream. <laughs> we, it was quite a journey. We built this house. It took us about two years and, um, we moved in and then right when we moved in, the kitchen actually had to be re- remodeled, which is heartbreaking on a new build house, but, um, it's a long story. I won't go into that. That's a whole other thing. All that to say, I am just now like getting back into a morning routine and getting settled. Um, typically I try to wake up before the kids, which is hard because they wake up so early, mm-hmm. but, um, I do like a Peloton ride, just like a quick 20 minute one. I just feel like that r- refreshes me and wakes me up for the day and then, um, make breakfast for everybody. <laughs> and then get the kids ready. They go to daycare. So get them ready for daycare and school. And then, um, coffee. That's like the first thing, like coffee as soon as Mm -hmm. they go. Mm -hmm. And then pretty much I just like dive into work and get started on recipes. And then the day just kind of goes after that. Um, so yeah, kind of love that kind of standard. Yeah. Exercise and coffee. That is, um, that is an equation for a good morning. I will say. For sure. So before I ask my final question, um, where can people find you? Um, yeah, I am on my website is jaroflemons.com. And then um, Instagram is jar.of.lemons because somebody else took the other name, but that's oh, okay. It's kind of yeah. <laughs> They're sitting on it, but it's fine. And then um, Pinterest, Facebook, I have a Twitter you know, all of that stuff. I do have a TikTok and I post on it semi-frequently. So, um, and that's just jar of lemons as well. Awesome. Well, I'll be sure to link all of those in the show notes. Um, but I would love to know Christine, what you're kind of currently learning about that has you excited what's next for you and, um, jar of lemons. And I have in my list of questions, do you ever want to write a cookbook? Because I definitely think that you should. Um, (laughs) so yeah, tell us about that. Well, I do want to write a cookbook. Um, I have been waiting for the right time and also still just uh, learning my audience and want to make sure it's like the best fit for them. Um, But that is probably the thing I've been excited about and learning about the most is just that whole process. Um, So hopefully soon-ish, I don't know when, but Mm -hmm. soon. So yeah, we will, we will be on the lookout. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much. This has been so fun. Um, and I know, especially a lot of busy moms out there will completely appreciate all of the insight and wisdom you provided, especially in the realm of cooking and meal planning, um, and all of those good things. So thank you so much again for coming on. It was just so great to connect in this way. And I know we will stay connected. Yes, definitely. Thank you so much, Sarah. It was great chatting with you. You too. Thank you so much for listening to the Healthified podcast and hope you enjoyed this episode. If it resonated with you, please share it with a friend or rate and review the podcast, which helps us share the health with more people. For further learning, be sure to check out the linked resources in the show notes and you can connect with us on Instagram at Healthified and at Gratified. Until next time.